0: This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 24 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, presented by Equestrian Life, exclusive coverage of the world of dressage. We would like to thank our sponsors, Equestrian Life. They can be found at equestrianlife.com and Kentucky Performance Products. They're online at kppusa.com.
1: This is Chris Stafford in Lexington, Kentucky. And I'm Lisa Wilcox. You're listening to the Dressage Radio Show, presented by Equestrian Life. Well,
0: hi, Lisa. How are you this week? Great, Chris. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing great,
0: too. We've had some wonderful fall weather up here in Kentucky, and I know you're just getting to the best time of the year in Florida, right? Ah, things are starting to cool down.
1: (laughs) We like that. (laughs)
0: and then of course you have to get used to all the people migrating south to enjoy that Uh, too
1: waiting in restaurants Ah. very slow on the intercoastal, all those fun things (laughs) (laughs) traffic jams on the intercoastal love that
0: well we've got a great show this week Lisa, we're uh, we're going to uh, be talking to Gunter Seidel who I know is a great friend of yours, former teammate of yours, love him
1: dearly can't wait yeah,
0: that's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, I think uh, we've got a big show today. But before we get to that, we want to um, just talk about the news of the week. And it's been a big new, big news week, or the last two or three weeks have been quite big. We've had the Global Dressage Forum, which took place in the Netherlands um, a couple of weeks ago now, and that was attended by you know all the important people in, in Europe, in the dressage world, and, and from here, of course. Um, and what, one of the um, big things that came out of that was that uh, the new dressage director of the FEI, Asmere, uh, noted that there's been a 3.6% reduction in FEI-registered horses in this year, as well as several show cancellations for which he blamed the very difficult economic situation. Um, another point was he also stressed the fact that more intensified education and training of judges and students stewards is, is essential. And there are a lot of things that were discussed there in at the Global Forum. And we will be talking to Claudia van Andel from Dressage Direct uh, next week. She's going to come on and give us the full report. But the one thing we have to mention, which is causing a lot of attention right now, is the... Um, video that was recently put on YouTube of Patrick Kittle riding Scandic in the uh, CDIW in Odense. And the uh, dressage forum got underway with the FEI sport director, David Holmes, making an official statement from the FEI that they are investigating this very controversial video um, where Scandal is seen in the role corps position for an extended period of time and briefly has his tongue hanging limp out of his mouth and and that's caused quite a quite a stir in the, in the dressage community the footage that was shot by the danish ship tv caused uh, as i said quite a tsunami on the online social communities and was, has resulted in a petition for the abolition of the roll and a possible white hat protest campaign at the 2010 world equestrian games so uh, we will be following that story and uh, Uh, We also noted that uh, Mr. Holmes uh, pointed out two important issues troubling the FEI. Firstly, the organisation of championships has to become more attractive. And he is quoted as saying the FEI is asking too much money from organising committees to host a championship and that the FEI has to improve the attractiveness to the media, uh, feeling that television is a very necessary component of a competition to attract sponsorship. And he also mentioned that the FEI Doping and Medication, Com- Medi- medication Committee, uh, the same way it, that, that they, are list- they are publishing three new lists distinguishing doping from medication. The FEI is working towards a harmonization of laboratories uh, worldwide so that they are all testing the same way with the same level of sensitivity. And he also pointed out the need to improve uh, stable security with uh, installing invisible cameras. So quite a lot of things were discussed there, Lisa, at this year's uh, Global Dressage Forum, which is becoming quite the sort of uh, meeting, isn't it, for each year, for a whole range of topics.
1: Absolutely. Unfortunately, this year, a little bit, It's, it's it's a sad situation, obviously, with this role, Carl, but I think in general we get a lot of very intelligent people together and are able to change our sport and, and improve on this sport. And like they're saying, we have to maintain uh, something that is going to invite our audiences or make us attractive to audiences. And I think that uh, it's important to maintain a level. And I think with groups like this getting together, we... we are hopefully in a direction where we can keep things like this from happening in the future.
0: Absolutely. Well, all very important points. And as we know, we've got a new director of dressage there at the FEI and we've got a lot of... uh Willing, um, you know, and invested interests uh, right across the sport to improve every aspect of the sport for the, for the sake of the horse's welfare. So we will keep, keep you posted. As I said, we will have a full report from Claudia van Andel of Dressage Direct in next week's show. And in the meantime, in Lyon, France, the second World Cup qualifier of the Western European League, Anki van Grinsven won that. That was her second winner in a row. She won on Salinaria with an 82%. And close followed closely behind her uh, was Monica Tiorarescu with Whisper. She scored a 76.45, and then she was followed by Denmark's Natalie Suzanne Wiggenstein with Rigoletto on 75.5. Unfortunately, Edward Gull's uh, show ended very abruptly in the Grand Prix when Sister de Dejo, who's a very impressive mare, following on in Tatalus's tracks. Um, And he really did impress with that Mary in a couple of weeks before. She unfortunately bit her lip uh, and had to be withdrawn when it started bleeding. So uh, uh, again, the welfare of the horse was paramount. So Edward decided to take her home and save her for another day. Uh, but that would have been right, quite a tough competition, Lisa. We know watching, watching the Dutch now, you know, you've got Anke trying, obviously all with all guns blazing, to try and maintain her authority in Holland. But she's got a lot of tough competition
1: now, hasn't she, with Edward well, and look, Adelaine. Well, look at Edward, not just one, but two. Yes. And uh, it's uh, and Hans-Peter Minderhut coming with his. And uh, my goodness. And I think it's a quite a healthy situation. Very, for, very, uh, very,
0: very strong. Uh, when you think of you know the world, the World Equestrian Games next year, um, you know what a wonderful situation they are in for team selection. Fabulous! They have
1: so many good riders and horses right now. Um, that's that's going to be that's going to be a tough one for Germany. It is. To swallow. It is. I think it that's is. they've. I don't think we've ever seen Germany in such a weak position at the moment. It's tough to say who's got horses, but these guys have got two and three horses apiece almost. Between Edward Gall and and Hans-Peter Minderhut, his friend, and then Cornelissen, and then we have uh, the daughter of... uh, Uh, who rides sunrise what's her name
0: again oh yes imka imka bottles
1: yeah exactly yeah absolutely Anki, but you know something i think anki has been wanting this competition and since she hasn't been able to find it in other countries she's getting this at home yes she's she's able to compete with her own her own kind that's right so
0: uh, that's right she certainly hasn't got to go far now to keep her on her toes
1: Exactly.
0: Well, speaking of the Germans, uh, we need to mention the big news out of Germany's dressage world this week is the birth of Frederick for Isabel Weth, you know, who she was on the show a few weeks ago. She just gave birth this past weekend to her son. Ah, oh, that, how exciting for her. Isn't that wonderful? So, yeah. Isabel, if you're listening and you know we loved having you on the show, big congratulations from all of us here at the Dressage Radio Show, the birth of Frederick. Apparently he was born very healthy, 51 centimeters long, and I can't remember how many grams, can't convert that quickly enough, but yeah. it sounded <laughs> like a very healthy baby boy. That's fabulous. I bet she's going to be happy to be getting into the saddle again. Yes, absolutely. Without the bump. Yes, without the bump. <laughs> All right, terrific. Well, we're going to take a short break here now, Lisa, before we get to our first guest, and we're going to hear from our sponsors, Equestrian Life.
2: It is fantastic to have our friends at Equestrian Life as the title sponsors for the Dressage Radio Show. If you have not been to Equestrian Life yet, you need to go. In addition to being the official social community for the Horse Radio Network, it is one of the fastest-growing horse communities on the Internet. It is truly the Facebook for horse people. The goal of EquestrianLife.com is to bring equestrians together and to provide them with the breadth and depth of information and tools. They need to learn and connect with other horse lovers who share the same passion. EquestrianLife.com is a fun, inviting website that strives to provide its members with a world-class experience that fosters the expression of all the ways people enjoy their horses and the people who are part of the horse world. EquestrianLife.com's social media platform provides users with cutting-edge applications and tools, such as people in horse profiles, social Q&A, status updates, messaging, Photo uploading, groups, comments, blogs, expert high definition videos, directories, birthday reminders, alerts, messaging, and on and on and on. In addition to their partnership with the Horse Radio Network, this community is designed by horse people for horse people and is filled with educational and entertaining video and audio all about our horses. Ride on over to Equestrian Life today. Sign up for free and tell all of your friends if you love horses. Equestrianlife.com is the place to be.
0: Well, thanks again to our sponsors, Equestrian Life. Don't forget to visit them at EquestrianLife.com. They are the official social network of the Horse Radio Network. Well, Lisa, tell us uh, who we're going to be talking to shortly. I know he's a great friend of yours, and uh, who better to introduce him than you?
1: (laughs) Yes, my dear friend Gunter Seidel. What would I have done without him? I, uh, I love that guy. And he and I have been uh, at the World Equestrians together, at the Olympics together, and uh, just a calm, wonderful person to be around when you're out there biting your fingernails, uh, worried about your competition. And he and I have had a great time competing together. So I'm looking forward to hearing what he's got. Uh, I can't wait for him to tell us about his horses because I've heard he has quite a nice uh, jazz gelding coming up uh, that has already been quite good in the Inter 2 ring, so he should be coming up shortly Grand Prix. That would be a lovely horse, sounds like, to have on the team. If you can get him secure enough, obviously, in the arena, it's a relatively, it's a good shot, but it's a short shot if you think about it in September with these horses. They. They tend to... It depends on the development and the arena, but uh, it'll be fun to hear what he has to tell us. So, welcome, Gunter's Idol. Well, Gunter, thanks for joining us
0: on the Dressage Radio Show. It's good to have you here. Your first time on the show.
3: Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for having me, Chris. Uh,
0: Well, you have been... sort of backstage as we say for a while Um, not been on the teams and I know a lot of our audience will be wondering what you've been up to so tell us what horses you have and what prospects you have right now Gunther, what's been keeping you busy?
3: Well I've had a few young horses and I had some bad luck before a few years ago with several horses, you know, like everyone does once in a while and so I had to wait a few years to bring the young horses up again and right now I have a eight-year-old. His name is u Too. He is a um, Dutch horse by jazz, big chestnut, and um, he is getting ready, hopefully, to do the Grand Prix. By the end of this year, we have another show in December, a small show. I will start him in his first Grand Prix, most likely, and hopefully, if he plays with everything and does not get stressed out, I will show him in the Grand Prix next year. And um, I have another... Big chestnut, not that horse. Um, he's nine years old, but he's a little behind. He's doing Pre and George. I won also with quite good potential for a Grand Prix um, but he will stay in the small tour this coming year he He was sick last year he had um a bottle of hepatitis and that laid him up for six months um, and then I have another seven year old who is coming up to Saint george a german German horse I found in Bavaria and um i'm very excited about him he seems very talented um and that's pretty much the three i'm riding and campaigning right now for the shows
0: so have you been concentrating in california then where you're based uh, Gunther? you haven't been traveling uh, any any further east with these horses
3: correct yeah it's not at this point it's not worthwhile spending a lot of money traveling i need to just get going in the show rings here and do local shows and smaller shows. Once I start competing bigger and the, and the Grand Prix is inside again, then you have to venture out and go to bigger shows and introduce them to bigger shows.
1: But um, the developing horse—you had YouTube up in uh, Kentucky, didn't you?
3: Yeah, that and didn't was to just- win
1: the developing horse. I know that's small tour, but. Correct, he did that at uh, seven-year-old,
3: yes. He yeah. won that, and he was quite good with that. It was a spooky show, I don't know if you remember. It was very windy there and difficult circumstances. But he did quite well there. So, and I, you know, I, we have some shows where it's a little bit the feel of a bigger atmosphere in the bigger ring, so, and I've done just a big exhibition, a big polo game here in San Diego, and he handled that quite well. So, in that aspect, he has been around a little bit, yeah.
1: Yeah. And
0: tell us a little bit uh, about your situation there in California, in San Diego, Gunter, just for the sake of painting a picture for our audience here of uh, what your training facility is like and, uh, and your clients. and Do you have students that, that board with you or people that come in each day?
3: I'm at a big facility. It's called Albert Court Limited, and it is in the middle of Rangers Fe. It's a very beautiful horse area. And it's quite a big facility um, with about fifty stalls. And there's Christine Trawick as another disaster trainer in the same facility, and then a jumper trainer. And the owner rides also jumpers. And it's um, we have a big grass field, big jumping field, and nice trails around. So it's very very comfortable and nice for the horses. Um, and in, in we have maybe a total of. 20 between Christina and myself, maybe 20 to 25 dressage horses there, but that's it. Um, I basically just ride my competition horses and then maybe do two or three lessons in addition a day. But that's, and that's usually in lessons, other trainers from the area who trailer in once or twice a week. Um, you know, someone like Elizabeth Ball and girl um, and Sandy Burns. Um, and I have one student who's actually stable at Albert Court with myself. Um, but that's pretty much it. So I don't teach that much. Even though I enjoy it, I don't teach that much.
0: And you are involved with this, uh, D- USEF's Developing Dressage Training Clinics Tour uh, with with Stefan Peters and uh, Debbie McDonald. Uh, uh, tell us about that, because aren't you getting ready to, to uh, present one of those clinics in Florida in December, Gunther? Yes,
3: that's, I've done it a long, long time ago, maybe six, seven years ago once. And then I have not given clinics since then. I don't like to travel for clinics and leave my home, basically, and my horses. Um, but with the programs now, I had... and Griffiths actually had called me and uh, tried to set something up. So I finally gave in. And it's not that I don't enjoy it. I love I love doing it. It's just the traveling and being away from my horses, which I don't like. But we have, I think, three, three clinics scheduled one in florida in december uh, and then two more in california um, i think in january and i want to say march or april the next one so i'm looking i'm really looking forward to especially seeing all the horses on the east coast or whoever is in florida at that time already i think it'd be a lot of fun to see everyone and hopefully be able to help them
0: well this is a a really good program this is obviously for people that aspire to be on the team one day and for both you mm-hmm. and Lisa both of you have been on the team very successfully it's a, you 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 really can identify with these people who are trying to get that break and get on the team
3: Yeah I think you you know you absolutely can and you um you know what they're going through and you know where they need help and and where they need support and um Besides just the horsemanship and, and riding the horse, there are so many other issues, as Lisa knows, too. It's not, it's, I mean, a big part is the riding and competing, but it's the logistics about everything, and sometimes people have questions you can answer having done all of that and, and be helpful in, in many other ways also.
1: And I yeah, said, and got, in the preparation. It's, uh, correct.
3: Mm-hmm. You
1: don't realize how fast this time is now going to go until September. It's going to be like a flash. Yeah. So you really have to use the time wisely now, and it, it'll be good to get tips from from Robert and, uh, sorry, Gunter. And and and
0: as you say, timing—the time just flies by, Lisa. As you say, and you have to think in four—you know—in the sort of four-year cycle, in the Olympic or the week cycle, don't you? When you're preparing your horses.
1: No question whatsoever, and you you want to kind of keep from getting in a hurry, but you also want to realize that. Um, in, in such a critical time as it as is, for instance, these horses that are just getting into the Grand Prix. As as Gunter has one, I also have one that has gone I two and not yet its first Grand Prix, and have a little bit the similar plan that Gunter does. But you have to timing and planning. There's just besides the daily training, they, the 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 qualifiers are going to start up. You've got to start to select the shows you're going to. You've got to select where you're riding your freestyle, which ones are going to be going, you know, where you're going to ride the the special. And it's, um, yeah, it just takes knowing your horse and knowing your weaknesses and kind of hopefully building up and being where you need to be when you get to the selection trials. And I noticed,
0: uh, interestingly, with those uh, clinics, Gunther, that... Um, that they that you are inviting the riders to bring their trainers um, to those clinics. It, it isn't just taking those riders who have that potential and putting them in an isolated clinic situation for a concentrated period. You're inviting their own trainers to come along and and be part of the process.
3: Yeah, um, I mean I don't make the rules for those clinics. Uh, uh, the the um Committees make the roles for those clinics, um, but I think it's a very good idea to have the trainers there because you give when you give clinics for two or maybe three days in this case three days, you give them tools to work with, but then you know you need to be able to apply those tools at home when you're alone also, and that's where a trainer who helps you on the ground at home or what you see at home comes in very helpful because we've all done those kind of things where you go to a clinic and something works great but then you take it to a extreme and one of a sudden it doesn't work anymore so you have to really balance everything out you learn in the clinic and and apply the tools which work then but really make it work for you and your horse
0: so, when you present these clinics, going to do you just address the physical component, or do you also respond to any questions and the psychology, if you will, of of you know advancing your career and getting on the team and you know and getting as far as selection trials? It, because that must be another component to it. And Lisa, you just mentioned that you know that there is.
3: No, yeah, that, that goes totally, what Lisa just mentioned, that goes hand in hand. One doesn't go without the other because what happens when you, for example, have your horses and you say, oh, no, I want to do a selection trial, it is so easy to do just a little too much or push a little too much, like Lisa said. You have to know that your horses are green and play around with those issues and not think now, now you have to accomplish something at the show which you've never done at home just because you want to do a selection trial, one of a sudden, doesn't mean now one of them is going to work. That that is not how it's going to happen. So, whatever you have at home, you have to just do the same in the show you Not think one of a sudden now it has to be ten times better because I'm in the show, and that exactly. that happens quite a bit, you know. And there's um, a
1: lot of schooling going on those first shows. It's really yeah. not about winning or scoring well. Yes, yes, there's a degree of yes, I hope this is a good score. But your whole, Ber- Berkeley, the, the, really the whole point is making a positive situation for that horse and building confidence in his first Grand Prix. Right. Because that's going to, especially the sensitive type of horses that we have these days, you do not want to get in there and, and uh, put the screws into them. In places, especially where they're not ready. For instance, p I let those go forward. I ride them as if they were an I-2. Even in the Grand Prix, the first Grand Prix. So I get fours and fives for the PF. I don't care. As long as exactly. I...
3: Exactly. And that, that's something we have to explain to maybe younger people and say, don't go in and try to do a P-off on the spot for an 8. Keep it comfortable for the horse. Keep it so that the horse is eager to do it and willing and comfortable and and gains confidence and Go with the lower score. Go with the five and, and get your transitions in and out. Um, and then build it up over the month. And when your horse gets really comfortable, then you can try a little more. But that's – and I'm not even saying this just happens to young people. It happens to us just as well as to young people. Definitely. You know, we we, we make the same mistakes as, as young people. And that's another thing you have to – be tell everyone, you know what? Everyone cooks with water. It's it's the same thing. You know, we all have our problems. problems and um, – you just need to make sure to realize when you have a problem and how know how to fix it, you know? Yeah. So...
0: Do you think there's a cultural thing? This is a question for both of you because, obviously, Gunter, you're, you're German, and, and Lisa, you've spent so much time in Europe. And, Ger- and Lisa, you're German too. And Lisa, you're German too. <laughs> <laughs> do you uh, do you think this is a cultural thing that so many more competitors here, or especially adult amateurs, they think that the competition arena is where they're going to do their schooling more more? I mean, and they and they go to competitions is unnecessarily. Just to be, just to be in that, in that frame of mind that think they've got to be competing, and 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 rather than establishing uh, their level at home more, uh, they feel they have to be at a competition. It's just a culture, is it? Don't you think that's a it's a mindset that that's over here?
3: Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, you see that in the amateur classes, yes, and but you see that also in Germany sometimes. I think overall. In the in the bigger classes, you don't have that many rural amateurs competing at at that at the, at the level where you try out for teams. I mean, most time when people get to that level, they already have established a little bit of a system or have a little bit of a clue. I think the a little bit of a difference in Europe for me is that really 99.9% of the people come there with with their trainer or their ground person. They have in their corner, and they work with. And here, too many people are on their own, including myself. Often because we don't have someone regular with us all the time. And I'm sure Lisa can attest to that, also. I mean, you have Ernst with you all the time, and you know you think. But you know something. This is where.
1: But this is where then I look for that. If it's Robert in Florida or you at the selection trials, I I know. I I know better. Than to try to go over there and not have eyes on the ground, and that's when I I, I can uh, can tell you he has a beautiful facility because I got to stable there. But anyway, um, <laughs> that's where I was. Like, Good to please. I need your help. Do you have some time? And uh, and I was very very grateful to have his eyes on the ground. He was very helpful for me.
3: Yeah, I do the no. same thing, and I'm very fortunate to have Christine here at the barn, so we can, we have, Christine is an excellent eye, and we help each other on a daily basis when we write together, and when someone takes a walk break, you watch the other person say, hey, this doesn't look quite right, this is great, do we learn more of this, and it's, I can't even tell you how incredibly helpful that is, you know? Exactly. So, but it's important to take someone like Leo that, when it comes down to the shows, you have to have someone in your corner, you know? Yeah. So that's All very right. important also.
0: Yeah. Well, terrific. Well, you guys have both been on the same teams together. Um, there must have between you must have some wonderful memories.
1: Oh. <laughs> Any, anything, anything. Tense Ken and Barbie.
3: <laughs> Ken and Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> um, most, The most stunning memory is Lisa showing it at the Athens Olympics. We all were staying at this house with this huge swimming pool, and I think the. Big thing of the Olympic Games was mostly when Lisa showed up and pranced down the stairs, came in in her bikini, this beautiful, <laughs> flawless body, and all the guys because the event people, the trainers, everyone was there. You basically saw everyone's jaw drop. No, she <laughs> I mean, just Yes, <laughs> sunning herself. And everyone's
0: just staring at her. <laughs> <laughs> well, you be, be careful, Gunther, because she might be able to recount some stories that you wouldn't want broadcasting.
3: Uh, I don't well, think no, we, um, I had,
1: <laughs> I'm telling you, they had races, and you talk about an excellent swimmer. Gunter just <laughs> kicked everybody, and he has that beautiful, talk about beautiful bodies triangular, okay. broad, wide shoulders, goes down to the small, and there he goes, phew, Mark spits across the pool. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> Nobody could catch oh. up to him. Oh, ah. you're so funny. But besides the point, Lisa is a great, great teammate and competitor, by the way. I mean, she's been super, super easy and comfortable to be around with and re- reliable, competitive. So, you know, it's, that, ma- that makes your whole experience being on a team, it is really a big, big, um, but it makes a big difference what kind of people you're on a team with. It can either make your experience great or not, basically. And um, it I think mean, Lisa... can I'm make obviously it obviously awfully tense. Great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, um,
1: and it's already but, stressful enough. I'll never forget Spain, Jerez. And this yeah. is the first time I have been on a team, so I'm like... Oh, OK. Yeah. Calm down. How, we, we, do, you, we how do
0: you behave? That, we, we noticed that when we had you in the press tent, uh, the, uh, Lisa. I remember that was actually one of the first times I, I uh, was interviewing you was in Jerez. And I was so impressed with your ride. And uh, um, that you, you, we can tell from the media s- side of the fence. We can tell those of you that are uh, you know, handling the situation better than others. And, and what questions to leave out, you know, because it's not, the moment's not right.
1: But I I watched Gunter. I was like, okay, I'm just going to watch him. He's at the pool, lounging, reading a book, and I'm like playing with my thumbs. I need to go to the barn. No, sit. (laughs) We're just at the barn. I'm looking at Gunter. How can he be so relaxed over there? So I'm like, okay, now what do I do? So I was a nervous wreck, and I got all, I just watching him made me calm. I thought I'm just going to keep my eye, Mister Gunter, Mister <laughs> Composed, right? Mister Totally Composed, Mister Lounge Lizard, reading a book, cashing out, and I kept thinking <laughs> I need to go back and forth to the barn fifty times <laughs> just, just to do it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I'm sure we could spend a lot of time Nearing the stories that you two uh, have shared over the years And uh, a great uh, inspiration to everybody Who aspires to get onto the team one day And uh, I know those clinics are going to be really popular, Gunter And we wish you the best of luck with, with that and, uh, and I know both of you are going to be aspiring To get back on the team so you can be buddies again Oh, that would be fun yeah, <laughs> All because... right, well, we wish you the best of luck with your young horses, Gunter, bringing them along, and I really appreciate you spending time with us today. Thank you so much.
3: Well, thank you for having me. It's been very nice. Good to talk to you.
0: Well, that was so much fun hearing from, from Gunter, and it, it, like you, you know, bringing on these new horses, hoping hoping that you'll get back on the team, um, what, you know, before before you get too much older, because I know he's coming up to that sort of golden age in his life too, isn't he? I didn't dare bring that up. Uh,
1: <laughs> Golden Age never. He's coming. To- <laughs> We're fighting it tooth and nail. Never.
0: <laughs> but I know he's got a big birthday coming up, isn't he?
1: I think the next he, I I'm I'm sure he does and it's going to be 40 in our minds. go okay all right we'll leave it at that (laughs) all right
0: well well, we're going to take another break here to uh, hear from our sponsors uh, kpp and then when we come back we're going to hear from lisa and her training tip of the week
2: don't forget your horse this holiday season and what is more important than your horse's health kentucky performance products offers you the quality assurance that you are looking for for your horse Each supplement is manufactured to exacting standards in certified facilities. Their ingredients are sourced from highly reputable suppliers, and their formulas are fixed to ensure consistency in each bucket. When you purchase a supplement from Kentucky Performance Products, you will see the results you expect and the quality you can count on. They guarantee it. Kentucky Performance Products has recently unveiled their newest product called Contribute. Unlike other Omega-3 supplements, Contribute contains both plant and marine sources of Omega-3 fatty acids. Omega-3 fatty acids support virtually every system in the horse's body, including the immune system, reproductive system, nervous system, bone development, and the cardiovascular system. Contribute offers horse owners, breeders, and trainers an affordable way to provide beneficial Omega-3 fatty acids. It is recommended for young horses, horses in training, stallions, broodmares, and seniors. Learn more and about Contribute and all the products at kppusa.com. That's Kentucky Performance Products at kppusa.com.
0: Well, thanks again to our sponsors, KPP USA. Don't forget to visit them at kppusa.com. Well, Lisa, what have you got in store for us for a training tip this week?
1: I have a great, um, you know, and when we, we get busy... With competitions coming up, we kind of get in a hurry with our work and uh, the need to be warming our horses up and very well cooling our horses down. I think that uh, it takes joints quite a bit of time to build all that synovial fluid that lubricates them through walking and trotting and cantering. And so my tip of the week would be really pay attention to your warm-ups before you get busy. Give your horses a good 10, 15 minutes of walk before you get to trotting. Really appreciate the size of your horses, the function of tendons and joints and ligaments, and how that all works together and blood flows through to give it more elasticity. So take your time warming up. I warm my horses up within the length of the neck. Long and low, nice elastic bending, you know, big circles, starting out on big circles and then slowly spiraling down. And just as that's important warming up, when you're done with all your hard work and your collection work and your movement, it's just as important to take that time to stretch those muscles back out and have them cool down properly you don't want them to cool down in a knot. And you know, these, these types of movements that we're asking them to do, they need a lot of positive tension in those muscles to carry themselves. And now we have to do like a gymnast and stretch out after all these back handsprings we've been doing. So my, my tip to you would be to take your time in your warm-up, take your time in your cooling out, and you're going to have a friend for life.
0: Great tip. Uh, really good advice. Because, you know, if, we as athletes, if we do any exercise, Lisa, we always make sure we warm up, or should do, warm up the body and warm up the muscles, get everything flowing, and cooling down. Because that's when injuries occur, isn't it? When you don't do those properly.
1: Absolutely. That is where you get tying up of muscles. You get a lot of lactic acid buildup. Yes. That isn't necessary. And, uh, and I think... A lot of injuries occur just simply because we didn't take the time. Yes. And uh, we forget that we don't keep these horses like they would be in the the wild. They'd be roaming around, staying elastic, because they don't really just stand in one place for a day. And so we have to take that into consideration and just be considerate of the horse's physiological uh, uh, capacity and, and know that it's not really natural what we we're doing with them, and that and, and that's for instance what you see when we put horses in paddocks after pulling them out of a box and putting them in a paddock, and when they take off and stop, those are generally the injuries you see because yes, everything yeah. isn't ready to be that elastic, and the horse is full of himself. And that's when a lot of things can happen. So, yeah, just be cautious of the body. And I, I just kind of think of it like you just said pretend it's your body. How would you treat it?
0: Especially as we get older, but we're not going to mention that.
1: No, oh, gosh, gosh, no, not us. <laughs> <laughs> but exactly, I have to consider what Robert always says, make sure you can touch your toes. <laughs> Just make sure, I, you know, I, I read his little blog and I'm like in the bathroom trying to touch my toes going, he's got a point. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, maybe we should cover that uh, rider fitness too one of these days, you know, and the kind of exercises riders can do to, uh, you know, be be giving the horse every, you know, every advantage uh, by stretching themselves and, you know, being in the right place for a horse, you know, and not just just getting on and thinking, oh, I ache a bit today, but I'm still going to ride and I'm still going to expect my horse to respond to me if I was feeling 100% fit.
1: Correct. And you know, I have a lot of my riders take a Pilates class. And it's amazing how that woman can manipulate their bodies and show them their weaknesses and Mm -hmm. teach them how to use their body to strengthen themselves and stay elastic. And it's helped their riding, especially those of us that have a horse to ride a day. And then the rest of the day is mostly spent behind a desk or something
0: well that's absolutely true you know and a large number of uh, our listeners are in that situation you know they have a day job um that is maybe not as physical as they'd like it to be and then they get home maybe if they're fortunate and uh, it's more hard of course in the winter when we change the clocks as we have just done and getting out to the barn and and riding once or twice a week they may may only get there at weekends or you know Uh, two or three times a week. So uh, it's even more important that we keep ourselves in a a really good place physically to be able to uh, get the most out of our horses. So true. I think we should cover that on another evening uh, uh, conversation, Lisa, about some exercises that we can do as uh, dressage riders. I agree. All right. So if you have any questions on that subject... Those of you who are listening tonight that think, ah, that's a good idea. Send us your questions. Um or any comments and mentions and suggestions um because we'd love to hear from you. And we will address that, Lisa, um yeah, maybe in, in a couple of weeks' time or next time you're on. Um I think we'll take up that subject. Okay. Great. Terrific. All right. So um that about wraps it up for us this week, um, okay. Lisa. And I think you've got a few show notes to remind our listeners about. I uh,
1: sure do. Uh, you can follow our show notes at www.dressageradio.com. Send us your feedback. We love to hear from you. Leave a voicemail at 270-803-0025 or email us at chris at Horse Radio network.com. The Dressage Radio Show has a fan page on Facebook, and there's a link to the page on our website. And you can follow us on Twitter at Horseradio and Chris at Chris Stafford. We'd like to thank our sponsors, Equestrian Life and Kentucky Performance Products at kppusa.com.
0: Uh, well, thank you, Lisa. Just to remind everybody, um, you know, we always want to hear from you. So if you have any questions for Lisa, just send me an email. As Lisa pointed out, you can send those emails to chris at horseradionetwork.com. And I'll be, be sure to share those with Lisa if you have any questions for her and any suggestions for, for training tips, anything you'd like to hear about on the show. I'm sure she'd be delighted to respond. And don't forget, I'm big into Twittering these days. I definitely tweet and Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> we have to get you into that, Lisa. Uh, no kidding. I hear it's contagious. It it is contagious once you start and uh it's it's uh it's a great way to you just you know in a snapshot and we always uh, do you know, we just give a snapshot of when the when the show's going to be posted. So if you follow us on Twitter, you can follow Horse Radio or you can follow me at Chris E. Stafford. Don't forget to put the E in the middle of Chris E. Stafford. Uh we're both on Twitter and we tell you when the shows are going to be posted and uh, who's coming up as guests on the show. So it's a great way to keep a track of uh, the Horse Radio Network generally. And, and uh, in the meantime, I'm going to help Lisa get onto Twitter so she can tweet herself
1: <laughs> away <there. laughs> Lisa will be evolving. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. We'll get into the social media network after all. All right, Lisa. Well, thanks so much for joining us this week. It's been a lot of fun, and I hope you've enjoyed it too. And talking to your old friend, Gunther.
1: As usual, I had a wonderful time. Terrific. Thanks for listening, and enjoy your riding. Mm -hmm.